Welcome to the Beyond Mom podcast, the podcast for moms seeking connection to self while navigating the journey of motherhood. Get inspired with our practical tools, soulful conversations, and honest stories told by other women like you. From entrepreneurship to healthy living to style, Beyond Mom will spark you to live the thriving life you deserve. And now, join our host, Brandy Zinn, as she takes you Beyond Mom. Hi, and welcome to On Air with Beyond Mom. I'm thrilled that you are tuning in and joining in on another conversation that is always meaningful, insightful, and somehow fueling the woman inside the mom. Today's conversation will be no different. And I'm here with my friend, Hunter Clark Fields. Hi, Hunter. Hey, Randy. I'm glad to talk to you again. I'm so glad to be with you. And it's so cool how we met because we met when I was interviewed on your podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. So exciting. You were on the Mindful Mama podcast. Yes, I was. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to return the favor and continue the conversation. <laughs> so chatting with Hunter is always it's really meaningful um, because she comes from so many good vibes and such great intentions for how to make a woman's life and particularly a mother's life, one that is so much more healthy and grounded and focused and mindful. And we're going to be talking all about that today in this conversation. So first, I'll give a little brief on Hunter's bio, a little bit more about her, and then our conversation will reveal all the other good stuff. So she has, and she just clarified for me what this is, a master's of science in arts education. She's also a registered yoga instructor. She's a mindfulness mentor, coach, and creator of the Mindful Parenting Course. She coaches moms on how to cultivate mindfulness in their daily lives. Hunter has an over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands worldwide. She's a widely followed blogger, and her writing has appeared in Huffington Post, Tiny Buddha, Elephant Journal, Mothering, and all these other great online outlets. She's also the host of the Mindful Mama podcast, which is where I met her, and the mother of two active daughters who challenge her every day so she hones her craft. So that's Hunter. And as many of you know, mindfulness is one of my favorite subjects, and I agree with Hunter. It's one of the things that really is just pivotal, pivotal in the process because you can either feel like motherhood is taking you for a ride (laughs) (laughs) or you can actually be present and steer the ship. And that doesn't mean it's a control thing. This is not a word that I mean to evoke negativity. It's actually such a beautiful thing when you feel like you are actually living your life and you're aware of it and you're present with it. And I think it's what we all ultimately want. We don't want to feel lost in the experience. That's what I always personally go for. So Hunter has so much to share with us, but first, why don't you on a very basic level tell tell our listeners why mindfulness, why mamas, what's the relationship? <laughs> well, Mindfulness became incredibly important to me because I was always like a a kind of, I was very highly sensitive person. (laughs) And I really went through big ups and downs. You know, I, I had real big highs, highs and lows, and I would fall into these lows, these like pits of depression regularly, like often. And I really felt like as a you know, I felt like these moments of like I can't handle life. I remember feeling that again and again and again. I even remember that like 
I remember when I was a little kid, like I was, I think I was like 10 years old or something. And my, my, I'd been crying. I was so upset. My dad was rubbing my back and he said, you know, Hunter, you know, this is your artistic temperament and this is the way life is going to be for you. And I was like, great. That's not that helpful. (laughs) But yeah, he was right. And then finally, after years of learning about it and studying, years of reading about mindfulness, finally, when I was 27 years old, I started, really started my own practice and it transformed everything. Like I, I kind of thought it was funny because I thought after a couple months, I thought like, this is, this is BS. I'm just sitting here thinking the whole time, like nothing's happening. And then I looked back across my life over the last couple months, I realized, oh my gosh, I actually haven't fallen into any of these pits of despair that I would fall into like regularly for my entire life. And I, and I haven't, and you know, I mean, this is not to say like, I'm not saying that, you know, you may not need your medication or whatever and just do mindfulness. But for me and my level of suffering and and challenge, it totally transformed everything. And I was able to really thrive from then on then. And I had this sort of equanimity and then with motherhood, of course, (laughs) as you know, any mom knows it changes every single part of your life from, your relationships to your body to your your partner to your you know your each moment of your day and I really struggled and and I really had to I saw my temper arise and I saw my reactivity and I really had to go back to my mindfulness practice and really really practice to because I think the thing is that we're just kind of pushed and pulled by our thoughts and our minds until we start to to train the mind and, and then we can then we start to have a little more say in how things go. Hmm. So what what mindfulness practices really worked for you and what other things have you seen really help other women in your world? For me, I th- really I really need a formal practice. Like I need to sit down and formally do a meditation. And I know that a lot of people talk, say that, you know, it's just, it's okay to, you know, and it's good to have mindful activities where you're bringing your mindfulness into your daily life. But I find that for me and for many of the women I work with, it's actually really hard to even remember to do that at all, unless we have some kind of formal moment in our day when we're saying, I am dedicating this time to practicing to to train the mind and to bring you know to practice some mindfulness so for me that that's really helpful but other lots of other mindful activities i think are are really good to do and to just even simply have some mindfulness around putting down our phone or awareness of you know what we're doing in that regard too really of course helps a lot yes and at the same time I also feel, and I, I speak to people about this as well, that I think that the conditions that we set, they kind of bleed into a lot of other things. So like mm-hmm. if you start to have a mindfulness practice, even setting the intention for that, like maybe you are able, able to take deep breaths when you're washing the dishes or be present. And this is a big one for me. Sometimes, you know, if I'm like bathing my baby or whatever, I find my brain is in a totally other place. And to be able to bring your brain into one place and to see your child in that moment and be thinking about that only, it Mm -hmm. feels like an accomplishment to be able to do that because, I mean, this is a whole cultural discussion, but our minds are in so many different places and are so stimulated. So I feel like 
the nature of all the things that we're doing can also be affected by the intention alone. And then, of course, you add in the committed practice. Yeah, yeah, certainly the intention alone. And and it, just to be like clear for the listener, like, you know, when we, we talk about it, like that that gold standard, right. that we really want is like to be present and just be fully expecting to do, you know, like be with our baby or even maybe if whatever's happening in our life. And the truth is like, we really, this can play into like for women, especially our ideas of perfectionism and I should be able to do this and I should be able to do that. And really the truth is like when you're practicing mindfulness of your baby or practicing mindfulness of your breath, you should expect that your mind will wander and that you should expect that you will have a thing in that called, like we call it noble failure. And it's just, it's because it's so, you know, it's such an ancient honored tradition that you will, you will fail that. I mean, you can even try it now. Like if I ask you, like, if I say, don't think about anything, you're going to fail. And that's where a lot of people come up with this and they think, oh, my mind wanders. I'm terrible at this. I can't do this. And the truth is everybody's mind wanders. If I tell you not to think, you're not going to be able to do that. Just the same way if I tell you not to think about a polar bear, you're going to be thinking about a polar bear every single second, right? So it's it's very similar. So I just want to point that out like that can really play into our feminine cultural notions of like that perfectionism which really is a a heart you know perfectionism is basically nothing is ever good enough and and it can be really harmful for us our growth as women I think that's a great point because even the things that are best for us can become a part of our should list and then if we feel like we fail at it whatever that means it's like another stack another strike against us Um, and that's not the point and I also love this idea of a noble failure because it (laughs) adds that quality of we're still noble even if it goes in another direction because we're trying and that's all that matters you know so I think that's great and I, I also think that bleeds into perspectives on parenting in general yeah, yeah, I think that we really parenting is so hard and that we have we really should expect our humanity and expect our our failure and expect our you know ourselves to have horrible crappy moments with our kids as well as the life take you know life affirming and enhancing moments. I mean and and really mindfulness goes hand in hand with compassion and we really teach these are the foundations when I teach the mindful parenting course and the work with my clients too is that that idea that so many of us are so so hard on ourselves like we think we should be a certain way and we think I think this is just culturally we just think that if we're hard on ourselves that's the way to get better but the truth is research on the brain shows that being hard on ourselves actually makes it harder for us to learn. Because if you think about it, if you try something new and then you fail and, and there's an inner voice that's telling you you're horrible and what's wrong with you and all this ber- you know, berating you, you're not going to try a lot of new things because it feels awful to not do it well. But if you can try something new and then you don't, maybe you don't do it well and you say, oh, you know what? That's hard. It's not easy to do this. You're trying. You come back to a voice, an inner voice of self-compassion. Then it actually, and research shows that it's actually attitudes like emotional things like gratitude and compassion and even like pride, authentic pride, like I did this and then I did this and I tried that kind of thing. 
those are the things that actually help us. They help us like eat better, sleep better, do everything better. Like, and this is, this is research that has been out there. So it's really counterproductive for us. The sort of old habits of the, the mean inner voice, you know, that came from maybe the way we were raised. And and then we can extrapolate that from that, of course, into our own, you know, raising our own children. But yeah, it's, that compassion is a really, really crucial component as we're growing. Absolutely. So I'm so curious and we can come back to mindfulness because you obviously have so much knowledge and tools for, for women, but I'm also curious because so many of of my listeners are people that are struck by something that means something to them. And then they actually want to turn it into something they can give people. And I feel you've done that. So I'm curious if you could share a little bit of your journey and your story of, okay, you know, as you explained earlier on in this conversation, you went through your own difficulties and then your own successes of discovering these these practices that were able to bring you more into who you are and how you wanted to live your life and how you wanted to be a mom. And then you turn it into something that you can share, that you can launch, that could be a business. Yeah. So share some of that with us. Well, it's interesting because it's been a long road, but I taking, I really had this, I, I really wanted to just contribute. And I had been many things in my life. I've had artwork shown in New York and I've been a teacher and but mindfulness has been this thread that's all the way through and then when I got to parenting and it was I was struggling so hard and I'm kind of the the kind of person that like I'm kind of good at being good at things (laughs) you know like things like you know what I mean and then I was coming to this place in parenting and I was really bad like I (laughs) felt like I was really failing and I felt like this was the most important job in my life so it's kind of ironic that I've made my work out of the thing I was (laughs) crappiest dad initially anyway and but it made me it turned so when I some challenge like that comes like I it merely makes me want to learn from this like okay well I'm gonna figure this out you know and so I went on a journey with it and I started blogging and I really of course I knew like I I knew from the beginning that my self-care had to be an essential part of it. And that, and so I started to, the first course I created is called the daily practice and people still do it and really enjoy it. And it's a 28 day immersion into yoga for self-care. And I talk about parenting and mindfulness and, and all that in that. And slowly over the years, I've built my email list and, and, figured out my offerings and learned more, figured out what, what was really the, what I really wanted to share with people. And, and I remember feeling really discouraged at times because I felt like the, the only success stories I saw were people who are teaching other people in business, you know, kind of like a B2B kind of thing. And I really wanted to see people who were doing things that are just, you know, that are, that are not in that realm and see what kind of successes those are. And I'm really thrilled now to have made a a business with that. And especially with mindful parenting, it really brings together what I think is super crucial, that mindfulness to reduce our stress response, and then all these skillful communication tools and, and taking that and, and growing it so that it can become a business. And in fact, my husband just moved to part time. So he only works three days a week now. So it's actually, you know, quite a business that's really sustaining our family, which is really exciting. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. But yeah, it is a long journey and, and just uh, lots of persistence. 
I just never, never like, okay, well, what's the next step? What's the next thing? And just lots of persistence. And I was lucky to have a, you know, support, but I really, I started my business with like 300 bucks in my bank account and a D a, a digital camera. <laughs> That's, those were the, my resources at the time. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, it's such an inspiring story. What were the, like, what were some of the challenging moments that you used your practices to get through? Well, it's interesting because sort of last year was this sort of big breakthrough year for me. And the year before that, I was really feeling sort of very frustrated and wondering if it was possible. And I really had to, in the year before that too, a mindset shift. But before I did this mindset shift, I did stuff like I thought, maybe I can just teach corporate yoga, you know, and so I actually like walked, I remember I walked through downtown Wilmington, Delaware to like see if people, you know, and and like offer a flyer. And just feeling like I was that was really, I think my lowest point where I was like, I'm not sure if I even believe this is possible. And then what I had to do at that point, and I'm kind of glad none of those corporate yoga, I'm really grateful. None of those worked out because that really wasn't my path. You know, it was just a distraction. And I realized that I had to work on my mindset and work on my mindset of knowing that it's possible. And it was funny because I, you know, I had to work on my, my money mindset. And as I, as I worked on that, I really had like a turnaround month and then I was like, Oh my God, it's possible. And then I was able, and then I invested in a coach and that was really, really helpful too. It was great. Let's talk about that because Mm -hmm. um, I actually just wrote a whole post um, for my site about investing yourself, investing in yourself in a way that really matters. And in Mm -hmm. a way that is about the bravery and you know, when you're ready for it to go deep and like go into the stuff that very quietly, but very very profoundly can limit you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a very interesting point that you were ready to invest in a coach who could help, help you get to where you knew you could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I had to, I had opportunities to be a sort of a beta client for different people and I'd help in different ways and I'd done courses and things like that. But then I had to get to this point of proving to myself that I could okay, I can earn this much money. I'm going to take this much money that I earned and I'm going to invest it in this coach. And I I worked with Sigrun Gudrun's daughter and she doesn't, she doesn't do one-on-one coaching anymore. I think I was one of her last people to do that with, but it was a huge investment for me. And it was, I really wanted to, you know, and for me, it was about getting that, what she helped me with, which was enormous. And it was, it's hard to do this on on your own is to, because we have our fears and our fear is there to keep us safe and that's fine. But I didn't even realize, like she said, yes, you know, you, yes, we can, you can make, you know, six figures a year. And I was like, I don't know, we'll see. And then, and she brought me through the numbers. And for me, that kind of very concrete kind of thing, I'm not a super woo -woo person, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty concrete and although I have my moments, but anyway, she, you know, it was, that really helped me was going through the numbers and saying, Oh, okay. If I have this and I do this and this is, you know, then I can do it. And in fact, I hit my goal before the end of the year. It was like, it was awesome. It was really great. And and yeah, that's so awesome. I loved your stories (laughs) because it is about facing the fears and, breaking through them. And I'm pretty open with my talks and writing about that process too. And I think we have to be honest with each other as women who are doing the juggle and doing the mom thing and the 
creating something thing that it's not, it's not always easy, but we mm-hmm. have to face our demons sometimes and stare them down and break through. And it's, yeah, it's not pretty, but it's, it sure is, it sure can be beautiful. With the end. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because having been an artist and painter for a long time, I've seen that making a business is very creative and it is like this incredible personal development because you do have to face your fears. You do have to, you know, you have to find this balance between pushing a little bit when it when it calls for it and then but not pushing so much that you're you know what I mean, then then allowing and receiving and having moments where you have downtime and you're creating is really like you you really learn a an incredible amount about yourself, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, you absolutely do. So because we love to hear the things that other women's women do. We know that you do yoga. We know that you do mindfulness techniques. What do you love to eat? Oh, what do I love to eat? That's I make my own granola for my kids. <laughs> I make my own granola and I really love my granola. It's really yummy. So I eat my own granola. It kind of like goes really fast. So I try to get it before my daughters eat it all. So <laughs> I am allergic to dairy. So I wake up in the morning. I do my meditation. I do about 30 minutes in the morning and then I eat breakfast with the girls. And I don't know, I eat lunch. At lunch, I have salads with my husband or, and I have a like, I like to eat green smoothies when the weather's a little bit warmer. I mean, but that plus food, I definitely eat plenty of food. I eat, I'm a good eater. <laughs> I like my dark chocolate at lunch. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and sometimes I've, I've been known to like cook tofu and bacon fat or I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I really like a, some, some seafood. I like me some seafood just having grown up in Rhode Island. Oh yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Tell me also and tell our listeners about um, your girlfriends, your community and what that means to you and how you utilize that. Oh yeah. Well, I am really fortunate. Actually, it's funny because I just, she was just here this morning, but I have, I have three friends. I have a, I met a woman at a yoga event years ago and she was so ebullient. She was, she was starting her own podcast and I had just started my podcast back then and we talked and she ended up putting together, we have a mastermind, a local mastermind that's just four of us and there we're all local and we meet every single Monday at the library in person. And so it's, and we just went on a retreat together and we all just support each other. So I have, I'm really, really fortunate that I have these amazing friends who I can talk to about my business. I can, you know, about be really open and honest with. And so that's really amazing. And I'm also lucky to live in a community here in Delaware where it's kind of a funky little community. There's Shakespeare guilds and there's Saturday night dinners and there's, we have a group, uh, we have a, a mom's book club. <laughs> and we, we read, that's how we read, we read Esther Perel and, and all these interesting things, but it's great. It's just, I, I feel like my mom friends, my friends, most of my friends are moms and I just feel like they're an amazing group. And I'm not like, I don't, you know, I don't know every single person like super, super well, but at the same time, we're all there for each other. Like I just went with my, one of my friends to the women's march and she knit me a pussy hat and I was so thrilled (laughs) and my daughters, she, we all went and, you know, so it's just like, I think it's really important. I think that the community aspect and social aspect of life is 
getting in person, you know, that real social aspect of life is getting is lessening for some people. And I think we need to really claim it back because our, our, our friends give us power. Hopefully. Hopefully. I agree. I agree. And that's why I asked you the question because I had a feeling that (laughs) your friends and your female community played a part. I was right. I was right. <laughs> you got it, Randy. <laughs> I love that. So what's what's next for you? What else are you wanting to create and share? Well, I'm working right now. I'm actually, I'm working right now on a book and I'm, I'm talking to a publisher. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But it's amazing to me because I've, and I remember this from graduate school too, how much resistance I have to writing. Sometimes it's like, I think for me, making a blog post or writing a newsletter, like that's so easy. I can just do it. But this feels so, so permanent. So I'm, I've been, obviously it's very fresh. I was working on it this morning. But um, but that's something I'm really dedicated to this year. I really feel like, you know, I I want to share that. And I, I don't know, I've conquered a lot of boundaries as far as what I thought I could do recently. So I'm like, okay, this is the next boundary. Let's do this one. <laughs> I love it. And you can definitely do it. But don't be afraid to ask for help in, in particular pieces where you might need it. That would be my wisdom of having just gone through it. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. I might be like emailing you. <laughs> anytime, anytime. It's it's very hard to be everything and be able to do everything. And you shouldn't have to pretend that you can. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. And the other thing I'm doing, I just thought is that I'm doing, I've been trying to do more retreats. And uh, so I'm excited to maybe do a retreat with moms to Costa Rica. And uh, next year we're working on that. And uh, yeah, so that kind of stuff is in the works. More in person. More in person. I'm with you on that. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So where can we follow you, Hunter, before we say goodbye? Sure. I'm at um, mindfulmamamentor.com and it's M-A-M-A, but I think we got M-O-M-M-A too. So just in case you spell it wrong, it's totally fine. But yeah, you can go to mindfulmamamentor.com or mindfulmamapodcast.com. You can hear the great episode with Randy, Going Beyond Mom, and other amazing teachers. And if you head over there, you can get free resources, meditations, even a little course that you can get for free and all kinds of other stuff. So, um, So come say hello. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and sharing so much of your personal story. And I know that those of you listening not only got some great tips and tools for how to bring mindfulness into your life in small but meaningful ways, but also thoughts around how to take something that's meaningful you meaningful to you personally and then turn it into something that you share, which is just so relevant and so, I think, on the plate for so many women that I meet. So I hope that Hunter has inspired you as to what's possible. So thanks again, Hunter. Thanks, Randy. I want to say that for me, a big part of sharing this stuff is the idea that you can contribute to the conversation. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be everything, but you can be you and your experience can contribute meaningfully to a conversation in ways that you can't even imagine for people. It's great. It's very cool. Anyway, Amen. thank you. Thank Amen. you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and to all of you who are listening, it's safe to say that Hunter and I wish you a peaceful day and one in which you can hopefully take even just a few minutes to tune inward and give yourself some love. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Take care. Take care.